This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 43 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour, the best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now, here's your host, rated as one of the best therapists in Kansas City by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year to all of you. This is our first show here in 2024, and I look forward to being with you throughout the year here every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. here from Sports Radio 810 WHB. I've been on the radio now. This is the beginning of my 33rd year on radio, my last 23 years here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm excited to get started with the new year, talk with you about the mental side of sports. As you know, I'm in my 43rd year of work as a sports psychologist, and I love doing this show with you every Sunday, and our shows are podcasted everywhere, so get lots of feedback from people all over the place, listen to different topics we bring up on this show. You know, um, I want to thank Chad Boger and the staff here at Sports Radio 810 WHB for allowing me to be here all these years and to continue on with our show. You know, the mental side of sports is what I talk about on this show. We talk about confidence. We talk about self-esteem, relationships, mental preparation, sportsmanship, attitudes, focus, distractions, pressure, coaches, athletes, parents. Try to touch on all the different topics on this show each and every week. And as I said, as we start our uh, my, my 33rd year, consecutive year here on radio. going to bring up some, some good topics this year to get into. And one of the things I want to talk about as we start the year off is the role mental health plays in sports. You know, for years I've talked about why mental health is so important for athletes. And for so long people would say, oh, come on, doc, these are athletes. They don't need to deal with this stuff. What we've seen over the last few years, how very prominent athletes, professional, amateur, collegiate, have come out and shared why mental health is important. And we're not just talking about how they get along with their teammates or their coaches, but we're talking about their lives, stress, pressure. There's unfortunately been a very high rate of suicides amongst collegiate athletes more so than ever before the pressures and demands now because of nal money and things like that have played a role there's so many different factors now that come into play the internet social media of course we're on social media here our shows are broadcasted on the internet and podcasted but Social media, with all its positives, has has a whole list of negatives for athletes, 
Because if you're an athlete at the professional level or the collegiate level, for that matter, everything you do, it's out there. There's some video somewhere of it, whether it's on ESPN, on Fox, wherever. But it's it, you can just click click on somebody's name on Google and find all kinds of stuff about them. I know I have relatives who were very prominent in horse racing. I love to go back and go on YouTube and watch replays of some of my cousin's horses' races. They won the Triple Crown 1978 with a horse named Affirmed. I love to go out and watch those races as well as a bunch of others. So everything everything's out there. You can watch it. When an athlete succeeds, you see it. When an athlete fails, you see it. And that's why... I, you know, for years I've talked about the importance of mental health professionals working with teams, sports psychologists being with teams specifically. So the role that I play when I'm working with the team, and I work at the Kansas City Current right now, our NWSL soccer team, is twofold. One, to help with the mental preparation aspect, the confidence aspect of playing, but also just to deal with life to deal with relationships, to deal with how we get along. Because athletes have the same issues, if not even more so exaggerated, than the rest of us do because of the pressures that they have to perform under. And it's it's a major issue. So I want to open up our phone lines as we get started on our, our first show of 2024. And... I'd like to hear from you if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, you're a parent, you're a referee. How important is is the mental aspect of being an athlete or a coach? We're even a fan for you. You know, we're here in Kansas City where the Chiefs are made the playoffs again, starts next week, and a lot of fans live and die with their pro teams. You know, it's been Ten years ago when the Royals were really good in the World Series two years in a row, the city was blue. Now, for the last five, six years, everything in this town is red for the Chiefs. With a sprinkling in of sporting KC success, you see that a lot as well. So, the role mental health plays in sports is now talked about more and more. You know, the Olympics are going to be this summer in Paris having 40 years ago been the USA cycling team, team psychologist in the Olympics, one of the very first sports psychologists in with our Olympic team. We won nine medals in the 84 Olympics, had won any in 72 years. The athletes talked extensively with me about confidence, about mindsets, about preparation, about dealing with pressure. You know, the Olympics 40 years ago, the Summer Olympics were in Los Angeles. Our cycling team had more than half the athletes on the team were from the Southern California area. So the pressures for them, outside of the fact it was in the United States, were even more so to perform and do well. And that's where I know the role I played was helpful for them because we talked about dealing with these pressures. Winning and losing, success and failure, are part of what sports is about. How you handle it, how you react to it, how you deal with it is so important. So I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, 
if you're an athlete, how important do you feel mental health is for you in what you do? Our phone number, as always, is 913-3810-810. Is the way you feel about yourself as important or more important than knowing the plays you have to run or knowing how to hit a serve or a golf ball? Is the mental aspect of, of your being, your, your, your self-esteem, really at the top of the list and should it be so as a coach how do you work with your athletes on the mental aspect have you ever had an athlete who's got a confidence problem and you all have because they're all over the place and how do you coach that how do you deal with that how do you Help the athlete, male or female, boy or girl, work through that. You know, I always talk about the four keys to success being preparation, focus, attitude, confidence, with confidence being the foundation of all of it. And an athlete's confidence, especially at young ages, is molded and shaped so much by coaches. A coach's ability to communicate and discuss success and failure, winning and losing, how to learn plays, how to deal with pressure, how to deal with losing and failure. That's where I feel coaches should be trained in mental health as much as anyone should because a coach's role with young athletes is so important. It it can affect their being, their psyche for years. I've shared many times the story on this show when my youngest son, Gregory, who will be hard to believe 33 years old this year, played rec baseball. He was 10. We were sitting and and waiting to play the next game. The team playing in front of us was from our neighborhood. A lot of the kids on our team knew the kids on that team. Young man got to second base, was encouraged to steal third. He took about four steps and tripped and fell flat in his face. Tagged out. The coach in the dugout turned around, kicked the fence, threw his hat down. The bats and the helmets fell off the bat, the, the bat rack. This young man comes in the dugout. He grabs him by his neck, throws him against the fence by his neck which point I stood up and said, hey, what are you doing? Which point he dropped him and cussed me out. And then the first base coach came in and grabbed him and said, what are you doing? Young man's on the ground crying. Went and got his dad, who was off talking with some friends because his dad was just having a good time there. That young man, when he was a sophomore in high school, came to see me. His dad brought him in and said, I should have brought him in that day. It's bothered him ever since, what that coach did to him. Young man was over six feet tall, very athletic young man. We worked several sessions on it, and he was able to move on. But that issue, that issue of what that coach did to him, affected him for for three or four years. And that's where I think coaches need to understand, you know, a coach needs to understand their mental health, how they come across and deal with the athletes they're working with. 
the message that they share, whatever it might be, positive or negative. Because I think if you sit down, if you've played sports in your life, and the longer you play, the more coaches and teammates you'll be around, the more people you'll be exposed to, the more you will be impacted and affected by the things they say and do. So we're going to go to break here in a few minutes, but I'd like to get some calls in here today. It's our first show of 2024, my 33rd year on radio here. Talk about the role mental health plays in sports. And I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. If you've coached athletes or you're coaching now, how important do you feel the role you have with the young athletes is? And how important how is, is how you feel about yourself when you come to a game? Maybe you're having a bad day. Maybe you had a fight with your spouse or with your kids or a coworker. And then you've got to go coach these kids, whatever level it might be. Do you then carry that angst over to these kids? You know, I would say a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. It's not about them. It's about the athletes. So I'd like to hear from you. Our phone number is 913-3810-810. The role mental health plays in sports, the role mental health plays with coaches. What kind of an impact that has on the athletes you work with, positively or negatively. If you're an athlete or a former athlete, and you like to share a story about a coach, how they may have been beneficial or detrimental to you in terms of the things they said or did with you, I'd love to hear from you on that. As we move into this year, I'm going to talk a lot about this topic because now that it's it's being more accepted as important, it's something we need to address and work on. As I said, I'm in my 43rd year of work as a sports psychologist, one of the first trained people in the country in this. And back when I first started, you know, people thought it was pretty stupid what I was doing. Now you have people in this profession all over the place, mental health and sports, whether they're sports psychologists or ex-athletes or whatever, everybody's working on the mindset. All right, our phone number is 913-3810-810. I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach. How important is mental health for you and what you do and the athletes you work with if you're an athlete and you've had a coach that was really positive or negative for you? I'd like to hear that as well. If you're a parent, What's your feeling about the coaches who coach your kids, and how do you work with them? 913-3810-810 is the number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, our first show of 2024. Happy New Year to everybody. Looking forward to talking with you and discussing lots of topics in the mental side of sports with you this year as we move into my 33rd year on radio here at 23rd year here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And the topic today is this. The role mental health plays in sports, being that, you know, we're starting the year off. I want to get into this topic because, to me, you know, you can have two. I always like to say you can have two athletes are physically the same, but the one with a stronger mind will come out on top. What, what does a stronger mind mean? You know, you can be extremely physically gifted. But if your mind's not in the right place, it doesn't matter. And, you know, lots of athletes, you know, I was at the Chiefs-Bengals game last week. And Jamar Chase, uh, Cincinnati's excellent wide receiver, 
likes to talk, likes to trash talk. That's part of who he is. And that's fine. You know, professional athletes do that. Well, Legereus Sneed, who I will I will say got totally snubbed by the Pro Bowl, just just Legereus Sneed and Harrison Bucker should have been on the Pro Bowl roster. I'm a little bit biased with that, but nonetheless, Chase had some choice words about the Chiefs' defense before the game. Well, he got held at not that many yards, no score, and there was a fight at one point because he lost his temper. And whether that was intentional or not, I don't know. You know, and they were offsetting uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. But, you know, he tried to get Legereus Need to bite, and Legereus Need did not. Never met Legereus Need. I know, tragically, his brother died a couple of years ago. It's been a difficult time for him. It's very important. He, he prays about his brother before every game and goes out and plays hard. And from, from the Chiefs players that I do work with, work with a few, they've said, just a great guy. Very, very focused, hard worker. And, you know, but here's here's one athlete who's trying to get in the head of another who mentally didn't let him get into his head and physically didn't let him get in his head. So how we handle pressure, stress, anxiety is so important, and for coaches especially. You know, we, we hear almost weekly stories of youth sport or high school coaches who lose it. And I don't think there's any excuse for a high school, co- a, a, excuse me, a youth sport coach, well, for any coach for that matter. I don't think there's any excuse for a coach to lose it and go ballistic. I watched the Dallas-Detroit football game a couple weeks ago where Dallas won on some very questionable calls the last three plays of the game were all all penalties. And Detroit's coach, Dan Campbell, who's done a great job with them, was obviously visibly very ticked off. But, you know, his reaction afterwards, you know, he wasn't happy. He said, we got to move on. He didn't sit there and, and go ballistic verbally. I mean, he wasn't happy with what went on because it didn't make any sense. There's been obviously a lot of questions about refereeing this year in the NFL. But it's like, hey, we got to move on. So if you're a coach, how do you handle success and failure, winning and losing? And how does that affect who you are with the athletes you work with? Once again, our phone number is 913-3810-810. If you coach, I'd love to hear from you and get your impression, your opinion on the role mindset mental health plays with you. You impact the young people you work with, male or female, whatever level they are, whatever age they are. How you handle yourself is a reflection of how they're going to play. So if you're a coach, no one's called in yet. I'd love to hear from you if you've coached or you are coaching. How important is your mental health with what you do when you go out there on the field, on the court, wherever it might be, the pool, the course, wherever it might be? How important is is how you deal with yourself and how that affects the kids or young people or adults you're coaching? Once again, 913 is our number. All right, Cavell, my engineer producer, does a great job. Happy New Year, buddy. How are you doing? 
I'm doing pretty good. And yourself? Good. You you're always smiling and happy in here, which is a good thing. I try to. So, mental health and sports. You've played sports. You've been around a long time. Tell me your opinion of how important you feel it is, how important it should be, or maybe is is it is too much emphasis put on it now? Well, like I said, we we've talked a bit about my athletic experiences as an athlete and for the longest I thought the mental aspect of it was over over what's the word I'm looking for overplayed I I didn't look I didn't look overemphasized overemphasized why okay hold on why why did you feel that way well because I always thought stuff's gonna happen and you got to deal with it and only the tough people that can deal with it can can make it what's tough what do you mean by tough you just got to deal with foolishness you got to deal with irrationality you got to deal with yeah you just got to deal with stuff to get where you're trying to go that's the way i looked at it stuff meaning failure screwing up mistakes well i mean like so if a coach isn't coaching the way you know speaking the way that you want coached if the politics of the sports or whatever like that I feel like if you're feeling some type of way about something, you either get better or you just be sad about it. If that if that if that makes sense. If you're the coach or, or no, the athlete, as a player, as okay. the athlete. Well, but but okay, but we see more and more today how coaches at all levels have have had to adjust from 20 years ago. Yeah, their styles. You know, 20, 30 years ago in the age of Woody Hayes, Bobby Knight, you know, blowing up, losing control, throwing chairs across the court, punching players in the other team. Um, Good old days, as some people call it. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, you know, the imp- the impact that, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, look at their intensity. Well, yes, their intensity was there, but their lack of self-control was even more there. Yeah, you know what? You look at the comparisons not even a comparison but you look at tom brady when he goes crazy on the sideline that psycho tom he's so passionate the game means so much to him but you know say patrick mahomes after two super bowls can't get a little angry because receivers or the refs and he's a baby you know what i mean athletes are people Mm -hmm. they have you know listen i've never met patrick mahomes i hope to one day love to talk to him but this is this is why he is an excellent human being, in my opinion. Everything we know about him, outside of the fact he's got two little kids, he's raising them. But when he lost control a few weeks ago, emotionally, he then came back and apologized for it. And that, to me, is a sign of maturity and introspection. Because in his explanation of why he apologized. He said, I'm not being a good role model for kids. That's not how you should handle these situations. And so that's where I think, as much as I admire him as a player, I admire him more as a person because of the way he handled himself on the, on, after, after, you know, that, that game against the Bills. You know, the, the importance of what we're talking about today is why mental health for coaches is so important and how that affects the athletes. Mental health and sports, is a big topic now. It's something I've talked about for years on the radio, and now everyone's talking about it, and, and I want to get into discussion. So let's go to our first call of the year. 
Craig, good morning. Thanks for calling in. How are you, sir? I'm good. Good morning. How are you? Great. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. What would you like to share with us? I mean, I think that, um, I mean, if you're stressed out, it only feeds down to the to the players as a coach. You know, so if you're kind of even keel or, or chill, then, you know, they'll, the kids or the players, will, they'll be okay. As far as kids go, I think for pro athletes, you know, it's kind of, well, college and pro, it's kind of up to you to control your your own mental health. You know, I'm a big Michigan fan, so I like when the quarterback from Michigan, when he goes and sits in front of the goalpost and kind of just filters out everything and, and kind of closes his eyes and, you know, he's just, he's, he's kind of just getting game ready in his own way, but he kind of sits by himself and does some visualization and, and so, just introspection and gets himself ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I think it's hard for high school kids because they don't, some high school kids don't know how to do that. But I think as you play more, it took me a while to play more to kind of figure, figure stuff out and get game ready in my own way. How, how high up did you go in terms of playing? Uh, college. Okay. So the role a coach has in your, in your, preparation and in your own mental health tell me where that fits in i mean almost well i guess when i played high school that wasn't even a thing i mean it was just you know you practice and then you went and played you know now i think it's more emphasis on it but i think as as i got older you know i learned how to i guess i learned how to control it even though i didn't know it was i didn't know what that was i didn't know what it was called then you know, now I know what it is now, but I think now it's more of an emphasis on, you know, trying to filter out because, you know, you're dealing with a lot of different personalities and kids got a lot of stuff going on. Like you said, the social media aspect has kind of played a role and stuff like that. So I think now coaches have more of a responsibility to make sure the kids are prepared, obviously physically, but mentally too now. And also, Craig, do you feel – that part of a coach's role is also understanding the outside influences that affect the athletes, social media, uh, parents, teachers, uh, oh, yeah. you know, other students at school, you know, all the things. If, if you drop a pass or miss a kick or, or miss a shot and then you have to go back to school, everybody wants to know, why'd you screw up? Right. And, 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 and you've got to learn to deal with that because if you don't, what happens? I mean, you're, you're, you're down. I mean, I, I have kids that they're, they're their own worst critic. It's not even their outside. They're, they're beating themselves up before anybody else can. But, you know, I try to tell them that, you know, tomorrow's another day. You get another game. The sun will come up. So it's, it's, it's not the end of the world, even though they can't see it like that. So let me ask this question. Did you ever have a coach in your career, you played, you said, up to the collegiate level, who was pretty bad, negative, said, you know, not a very positive influence, said negative stuff, you know? Yes, yeah. Give it, can you share what happened and what they did and maybe how you dealt with it? I mean, I, I think I was probably maybe eight, maybe nine or ten, and I, I think I fumbled the ball. I probably fumbled three times, and... The coach grabbed my face mask and he said, you know, stop fumbling and set an expletive ball and I'm probably crying and I, I don't even remember what happened after. I think after that, I, I'm sure I didn't fumble again, but 
I didn't know how to handle that. I don't think I ever told my dad that story. And you know, but back then, what did your dad? What did your dad do? I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I never told my dad that even happened. Oh, you didn't. I don't. Even, I, don't I don't think I ever said that happened. And I think, but back then, that's that's how coach. That, even though we didn't know that was right or wrong, that's how coaches coached. Though that was like, like being hard on kids was that was we we thought that was normal back then. You know, obviously you wouldn't do that now, but we thought well, that was well, normal. well, you, you shouldn't do that. Let me let me. You shouldn't. It. You shouldn't do that now. But it is done. There are still people that do it. I hear it all the time in my office. So like I didn't. I thought we thought being being talked to like that, or you know, a coach, you know, cursing at you and stuff like that, and we, you know, you you thought that was just how it. You thought that's how it was. And I, now, obviously, we thought we know that's wrong. But later on in life, it probably. And it's hard to say. Probably made me a better player because now I I knew I could take stuff like that and still be able to play. You know, I didn't quit. You know, I you know I guess it did kind of make me a little stronger. Well, let me ask this question: How old are you now, Craig? Uh, forty-one, soon to be forty-two. Okay, you're forty-one years old, and you're talking about something that happened when you were eight or nine. So just think about that. How, <laughs> how much that you know? It, it maybe maybe it changed you. In terms of some things, but look at how it affected you. Here it is, you know, all these years later, you still remember it very vividly. I do. <laughs> so, so that's my point. Is that and, go go ahead? Oh, and I, I still talk. I still, I still, I still know that coach. I haven't talked to him in many years, but when I do go back home and I see him, you know, it's still he's he's arguably one of my favorite coaches that I ever had. <laughs> Well, but was what he said to you at that point at eight or nine the right thing to do? No, it wasn't. I mean, but uh, you know, but coaches are people and they make mistakes. That's true, and I'm sure he was frustrated, and I'm sure I I like to think he he did that because he cared, and I know he cared about me because when I didn't have a ride home from practice or if I couldn't get to practice, he would come pick me up. I mean, he was almost like a second dad when my dad wasn't around or couldn't get me to practice, so. I mean, I I like to think he didn't. I don't. I don't think he did it because he didn't like me. You know, right? I but he, he let. Like but me. in that situation, he let his emotions get the best that, of him. That's true. That's true. And that's, that's and that's where. And even though for you and you're lucky, for you that that turned out in the long run to be somewhat positive for you, but for a lot of people it's not. Right. And that's where. That's where you know. It, that that's why to me and the, before I let you go here, just let me ask you this question: How important is the role mental health plays in sports today? How important should it be, and how important is it? I think it's I think it's very important because there are a lot of other influences that people have to deal with other than other than playing sports. I think that I think the difference between athletes, maybe pro athletes now and regular people, is that when you're not good at your job. You have somebody constantly telling you you're not good at your job. You can be a bad police officer, but nobody's telling you that every single day. But when Dowden Scantling drops a pass, I mean, I'm sure that that wears on him, you know, constantly. And then it happens again, and then it wears on you even more. So I'm I, I'm sure it's just it, the mental health. You know, it you probably can get over it sometimes, but when it's constant, I'm sure it can drain you, and you know, it's hard to deal with. Well, Craig, listen, thank you for being our first caller of the year. I appreciate it. Great comments, and good luck to you, sir, and we'll 
I'll uh, see what happens tomorrow night in that football game. I know who you're rooting for, so thank you for your call. Uh, thank you, thank you. Go Michigan and go Blue. Okay, take care. Okay, All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, that, fr- that frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810. Great call. And I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach, talking about the role mental health plays, it's our first show of 2024. What's the role you as a coach should have with your mental health? How important should that be, okay, when you're playing sport, when you're coaching the people you coach? Cavell, you want to jump in here? Yeah, so like 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 what the caller said, he said he fumbled three times and the coach got on him. And but after that he didn't fumble anymore. That's what I looked at. I didn't think of all the stuff you gotta unpack and deal with later. I just figured it as if I wanna play, if I wanna not get talked crazy to, then I need to not fumble the ball. But here's my point. Now, for Craig, that worked out for him. But like you said, he was off crying and all that. So so could there have been a better way and my answer is yes, to have dealt with that with him. You know, obviously that scared him to fumble the ball. So then he became probably held on to that ball like it was his life, you know, life, livelihood, livelihood. But at the same time, they're, they're, that's where a coach has to understand. A coach has to be a psychologist with the kids he works with. And there are some kids, younger kids, not really younger, but middle school and older, where you can get on them a little bit. Because you understand they can take it, but then there are some that you can't. And for Craig, that worked out okay for him. He's still, like you said, he's still to this day. Is, is and that's a good point. Yes, because it's you know I knew I knew some guys that could get yelled at and can that can go through stuff and they just be fine. But I was never a guy that could get yelled at and be not and you know be fine with it. So, but at the same time, whether you can deal with it or not, as an athlete, you've got to figure out how am I going to handle it. Because you're gonna ha- you're going to have a coach get angry at you for something for making a mistake or screwing up, and it's all how you know it, it's like Travis get perfect example with the Chiefs. Uh, Travis Kelsey a couple weeks ago slammed his helmet in the game against the Raiders. You know, it bounced up thirty feet in the air. The equipment manager got the the helmet to get back to him. Andy Reid wouldn't let it give it back to him. Yes, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So Andy Reid wasn't screaming and yelling at him. I'm sure he had some choice words for him. But they've got a close relationship, a great relationship. At least, you know, I, I don't know either of them, but that's my perception that they were able to get, you know, Kelsey trusts Andy Reid. Then this past game, what I noticed with Travis Kelsey, he was being a cheerleader across the sideline. You saw him, you know, going up when Valdez Scantley dropped that one pass that would have led to a touchdown. First guy to go over to him and pat him on the back, talk to him for, it was Kelsey. And that showed leadership right there. All right, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Our topic today is, is this, the role mental health plays in sports. And I'd love to hear, from, especially with coaches, I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach. Our phone number is 913-3810-810. How important is what you say and do with the people you coach, male or female, doesn't matter what age? How important is what you say to them? How you, how you encourage them or, or discipline them or get angry at them. 913 is the number. Give me a call and let's talk. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 at 
7 to 8 a.m. As I mentioned, it's the beginning of my 33rd year on radio, my 23rd year here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I think I'm one of the longest, longest uh, hosts, radio hosts here in town, you know, consecutive shows. You said 23. It's 33, right? My yes, my thirty third year. Yeah, twenty okay. third year here at Sports Radio oh, Ten okay, okay. and love doing this show every week. You know, sports psychology is now talked about all the time. Many, if not all, not all, but many teams have a mental health professional on staff to help their athletes out deal with life, not just focusing and catching a ball or kicking a ball or whatever it might be, but dealing with the issues in life. A- athletes, especially today with social media, are so much more so in the, the spotlight where what you do, everybody can see it. Somebody's filming it, somebody puts it on, and boom, everybody sees it. I've asked for a coach to call. I'd love to hear from a coach. If you coach, and I don't care what level you coach at, how important do you feel the mental aspect is with what you do? Our phone number is 913-3810-810. If you're a coach, have you ever lost it before? Have you just lost it on the sidelines at a game? I don't care if you're coaching eight-year-old kids, you're coaching the NFL. Have you ever lost it? And, And so if you do, and if you have... My question to you is this. How do you rebound back from that? What do you say to the kids you're coaching? What do you say to the athletes you're coaching? How do you help them? How do you work through that with them? Our phone number is 913-3810-810. Don't be scared to call up and share this, your story because I'd love to hear from it. Love to hear about it and see what we can do with it. So the key thing to me is this. You know, coaches are people. They're human beings like everybody else. Sometimes we put them on pedestals and put athletes on pedestals, but they're, they're still people. They may be physically superior than most of us, but they still have to do with the same issues, relationship issues, pressures. You know, I've worked with, with professional athletes forever. And, you know, I was, I was one of the first sports psychologists in baseball at the Royals back in 1990 and then from 2008 to through four, four years. Worked with the Kansas City Comets back in the 80s, our indoor soccer team. I've worked with, you know, so many different athletes and people. And the one thing I've learned throughout my, my 43 years of work, they've got the same issues going on the rest of us do. It's just what they do is that everybody sees it. And, you know, when they do well, everybody talks about how great they are. And when they don't do well, everybody talks about how they're terrible and they suck. And, you know, it's amazing to me how athletes who survive have probably had a coach here or there, like Cavell, you mentioned, okay, probably had a coach here or there that got on about something. And either, either that becomes an internal challenge for that athlete to work through it or it tears them apart emotionally and they have to quit playing. All right, we've still got time to hear. I'd still like to hear from a coach. 913 
913-388-1010. How do you handle the mental aspect of what you do? How do you handle your mental health? Have you ever lost it on the sideline before at a game? And how did you react to that? How did you come back and talk to your players about it? To the parents about it? And how'd you move on? I think, you know, it, it you, you can look at any group of athletes and the ones that seemingly really do well have had coaches like Craig who called up earlier, who had a coach that got on him, but typically that coach will react and, and, and talk to them about what they did and move on from it. The good coaches do. The, ba- the, the, the bad coaches, if we want to label a, coach a, bad co- a bad coach, what they end up doing, they don't talk to the kids about it. They think they're supposed to understand it. And that's why I think, I said earlier, a good coach is a good communicator, but a great coach is a good listener. And they're going to listen to the athletes and what they're going, what's going on with them. You know, we talk about, you know, this show is the Sports Psychology Hour. I talk about mental health and why it's important. And I think you're going to see, if you watch any of the NFL games this weekend, you're going to hear discussions, conversations about the mental side, about concentration or focus, or about how, you know, coach really pushed me. You know, college basketball is, is... going on everywhere right now. And and you'll see some great coaches deal with their kids when they screw up and help them get through it. And you're going to see some coaches who aren't so great not do that. And that's why I think a good coach, as I said, is a good psychologist because they understand their role and how they impact the athletes they work with. Throughout this year, I'm going to talk about mental health and I'm going to talk about mindsets because that's what the show is about, but why it's so important. All right, Covell, who do we have Who do we have on the phone? How are you doing? My name is Jim Page. Jim, good morning. How are you doing? Good, doing well, doing well. I coached girls basketball for 25 years at the high school level. Well, thank, and, you, for uh, call, thank you for calling in, first of all. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, do you want me to, yeah, uh, go ahead. One of, the, one, of those, one of those redemption moments where one of my best kids I ever coached, she won every sprint in practice, um, and she was suffering through shin splints like no other, but she would still win every, every sprint. I put her at point guard. She had three turnovers in a row right before halftime, you know, and I yelled at her, when do we ever, you know, do that? We don't run the play, you know, or whatever else. And then we go into halftime. I let the girls do their stuff. You know, they're in there about three or four minutes. I come in, best kid I ever coached. She's crying her eyes out on the bench. You know, I'm six foot three. I immediately felt like, you know, an inch tall. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? best kid you've ever coached and you're making her cry over a stupid high school girls basketball game sorry i, I you know we won lots of games and I, I loved the sport but after that i just started coaching kids like i'm teaching them to fish or teaching them to tie their shoe or something like that just teach 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 i, I don't know the yelling aspect of it just i'm just not huge on that I, I didn't like being coached that way so i have no idea why i decided to yell at her but so it's just like you know what if, if you don't do what I want, if you're not giving effort, I'm going to sit you on the bench. We can become good friends. That's that's so, a whole different thing, right? Then, then you know, it, it, the effort is one thing if they're not putting yeah. it out there. But if the effort's right. there and they're screwing up, why yell at them? 
I agree. I agree. I just never, I never did understand. Like I said, I had three kids, taught them how to fish, taught them how to hunt, you know, yelling and screaming, tie their shoe, yell, you know, taught in the classroom. Yelling and screaming is just not part of it. And so what, let, me, is, let me ask this question, Jim. Okay. Yeah. What did that do? What did that do to you when you, when you realized that happened? Um, you know, it, it really changed my perspective because um, you know, I had some great mentors in coaching, and I grew up in the 80s, you know, love Coach Knight. I mean, one of the smartest coaches ever, but his style is definitely not my style. And so it was one of those things where it's like, why Why is this okay? Um, I, I just I don't understand that. Because you can be demanding without being demeaning. You can go, hey, this is I have high standards. This is the way I want it done. But the yelling and screaming aspect of it, you know, and again, I, I come down to the end of a game and we need to take a last second shot. You know, if I'm a basket case, what does that do for my kids? You well, know? well, sir, so, let me tell you something. You probably had a tremendous positive impact on God knows how many young ladies after before, but especially after that situation. And let me ask you this question. So what did you say sure. to her? I, I told her I was sorry. I said, I, I, I'm totally sorry. I, I said, kind of told her the same thing. I said, good gosh, you know, you went every sprint in practice. I see you in the school barely being able to walk up the stairs because you have shin splints, and I have the audacity to yell at you. I, I am sorry. How did that I, change I, your relationship with her from that? Oh, a lot. We're still, we're, you know, this is this was, you know, my first time around coaching, so that's been, you know, 25, 30 years ago, and we're still in touch. You know, we're still you know, she still calls when, you know, she's doing stuff with her kids, her and her husband with, you know, basketball or soccer. Hey, coach, what? And still calls me coach. That's the best thing ever. When, when a kid, you know, that you coached 25 years ago, still sees you in the store or someplace like that. And you, hey, coach, what's going on? Versus, you know, jetting down another aisle to get away from you. Man, that's, that's the best thing ever. And I'll bet really she, is. I'll bet she probably wouldn't have done that had you not, not apologized to her. She may have held a grudge against you. So. Right. And she probably should have, you know, fair, fair enough. You You're know, still coaching now. No, no, I retired about three years ago, unfortunately, but that's okay. Well, I want to thank you for calling up, Jim. And what you're saying, sir, is why you had the relationship with her, as you probably have with dozens of other young ladies. Thank you for calling up and sharing that today. That's why I do do this show, to bring this stuff out in the open. Appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Take care. All right. Great call. Great call. I want to thank you for calling, because that's why I do this show. We're going to talk about mental health a lot this year. We're going to talk about confidence and sportsmanship and coaching and i'd love to hear from you if you have comments or questions my office number is 816-561-5556 i am taking on new clients i give talks on these topics all the time love to hear from you if you'd like to get a hold of me that way you can send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com you know i'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts if you have topics you'd like to bring up on this show because this show is about you the listeners our shows are podcasted everywhere, all over the place. So you can encourage people to listen to these these shows. I know I get feedback from people all over the country and and, and oftentimes overseas because our shows are podcasted everywhere. I do this show because I love doing it, but I love helping people. That's why I'm here. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB.